Hi, and welcome to Mobility Via Podcast, KPMG's podcast series focused on maximizing the impact of global mobility. I'm Robert Smith with KPMG's Global Mobility Technology Practice based out of Santa Clara, California. As we all know, the pace of change in business, in technology, in HR continues to accelerate, and that's also true for global mobility. Recently, we've seen programs becoming more integrated as part of their company's broader talent management initiatives. And for those who haven't, they actually aspire to be, which brings with it new challenges and new ways of measuring the effectiveness of a company's overall investment in their mobile workforce and mobility program. Today, we're talking ROI and how this discussion is changing to encompass talent with Catherine Avery, who co-leads our mobility consulting services practice. Catherine, thanks for being here today. Thanks, Robert. It's good to be here. So Catherine, you're coming up on your two-year anniversary with KPMG. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Time flies. (laughs) Thank you. And I thought it'd be good to cover a bit of your background, as I'm sure that's helped shape your feelings and insight into ROI in the mobility space. Yeah, you're right, Robert. It has shaped my feelings on the myth of ROI. Um, you know, before joining KPMG, I spent most of my career with Cisco, 18 years actually. Wow. I know. Um, and, and I had a, a whole bunch of different kinds of roles across operations and mm-hmm. HR there. Um, in HR, I was a HR business partner to members of the C-suite, but I also led many of the centers of excellence groups as well, um, including global mobility. And um, coincidentally, uh, early in my career at Cisco, I did an international assignment in Singapore for three years where I ran Cisco's customer operations for the region. And, cool. you know, what I can tell you uh, about how these varying experiences shape my perspective of the ROI of mobility is this. Basically, everyone is seeking to define the ROI for their respective areas and move up the value chain at their company. Whether it's talent acquisition or compensation and benefits, mm-hmm. even HR itself, even IT, finance, all are looking, you know, really for ways to articulate their value or their ROI to their company. So, you know, global mobility isn't alone in trying to articulate the value it brings to support a company and its transformation. It, it's an important question to ask, you know, to always to always be introspective and say, are we doing enough? You know, are we doing enough of the right things to have the desired outcomes that our business stakeholders need? And then to be able to answer this question, you know, with compelling data and insights and tell the story of mobility. You know, Catherine, that's a really interesting point about everyone seeking to define ROI. It seems that sometimes it's viewed fairly myopically, but it sounds like it's something every level of the business should be invested in. So now that we've talked a little bit about it broadly, what are some of the key concepts that need to be brought in to really understand ROI for mobility? Okay, Robert, well, let me just start off maybe by saying what it is not, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, it's not a traditional formula like ROIs that you may see in other p- parts of the business. It's not like a net present value equation mm-hmm. or internal rate of return kind of equation. I mean, those obviously, you know, serve a purpose, sure. but for global mobility, I would propose we take a very pragmatic approach and, and let's try to demystify what we mean by the ROI. Okay. So I'm going to propose a couple of steps here. Um, and the first one is really basic. The first step is to do everything that you can to get your arms around your data and ensure the veracity of your data so that it's reliable. That's step one. All right, step one, data. Data. Step two, um, this is really to understand your all-up cost or your investment in mobility. Mm -hmm. And you really can't do this until you've got your arms around your data. Okay. Okay, so when I say get your all-up costs understood, that means 
knowing what your costs are for tax, which can be up to 50% of your overall costs, depending on the, the mix of your moves. Mm-hmm. What are benefit-related costs like relocation allowance, um, housing and utilities, or shipment of your household goods, temp living, transportation, education, etc. immigration costs, your vendor fees, maybe investments you're making in technology, your internal costs um, to support your service. Mm-hmm. So understanding your costs all up, including a global view for those costs, and for all move types, um, you know, whether it's domestic or all permutations of international assignment, international transfer, perm transfer, business travelers, however you call them. Mm-hmm. So all move types, global, and all cost types. All right. So number two, total global cost you with a capital it. T and a capital G. Yep. Total cost. Number three. So um, what I would say is this, this piece is really, this step is really about in, um, taking small parts and pieces of your strategy and measuring it. So getting small wins along the way that support what you're trying to achieve. So for example, if you're trying to make improvements on your open TEQ cases, um, measuring the aging of the cases, which employees owe, how much you're collecting, is a very pointed way to sort of get specific wins and value to articulate to your stakeholders. All right, so just make small pieces, small measurements for strategy. Small measurements along the way, yeah. And then lastly, the fourth step is, um, is this. So you want to be able to connect your data directly to the business groups and geographies that you support in your company. So that means being able to provide demographic and cost information mm-hmm. to business leaders um, that are specific to their organization, because that's really what they care about, right? So what this does you know, for you is it sets the stage to be a lead in a meeting with a business leader, with their HR business partner, and their finance controller. So let me kind of set up what a meeting might that, like that might look like. Okay. You tell them, you know, hey, this is the current footprint of your mobile workforce. Here's how much you're paying for it. This is where people, your, your, your resources are. This person is set to come home in eight months. Do we have a plan for this person who's going to fulfill that role when they, when they move home? So get into succession planning. How does this footprint, you know, where we are currently support where your business is going? You know, like, are there new locations on the horizon? Oh, you're growing in Israel. How can I support that goal? And that's the kind of conversation uh, that begins to tie mobility to the business. So hopefully you can see how these four steps that we just went through are starting to move up the talent management stack Mm -hmm. a bit. Wow, Catherine, that is really a lot to think about. So I'm just going to recount these for everyone. So we talked about data. We talked about, secondly, the all-up cost. We talked about strategy management and then connecting the business to talent and mobility needs. So there are obviously multiple layers to this ROI story. Yep, you, you got it right, Robert. And you know these layers are not really mutually exclusive. Rather, they're mm-hmm. sort of like building blocks as the company's ability to plan the mobility ROI picture evolves. So with this kind of approach, mobility programs are actually connecting to the business, to HR, business partners, talent acquisition, finance, as I've said, and in more meaningful ways than ever before. And going after the mobility ROI in this way moves mobility up the value chain. All right, so as a way to move mobility up that value chain, why don't we dig into some of those building blocks and how they can assist in driving that value, talking first a little bit about data. I know we've already covered quite a bit on the cost and what needs to be brought together to understand that total cost. Um, So how important is data in determining that ROI? And more importantly, what type of data is needed to help tell that story? Well, I mean, it's really important. Data is everything. And Mm -hmm. perhaps it's not surprising that it's step one in our approach, right? Getting your arms around the data, ensuring the veracity of the data is so key. You really can't jump, you know, to having conversations with business leaders and talking talent with HR business partners 
if you don't have your data house in order. Um, you might be surprised, I think, you know, just how much data is available in a, in a mobility program. And mm -hmm. uh, so for those types of data needed, I, I just want to kind of call out, you know, some of the specifics that we're talking about. Okay. So basic demographic data is a must. So, for example, how many mobile workers do I have by policy type, by location, by grade level, by organization, cost data. We already talked about all of costs, exception costs, exception types, policy benchmarking data. Maybe some information on extensions, how many, what dates, maybe all the tax equalization kind of data that's out there, operational data even. Uh, a lot of companies are very interested in um, case volume, cycle times, aging, and that sort of thing. Wow, Catherine, that is a lot of data. Um, and I really appreciated the list there. Are you sure there's nothing else you want to add? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I know it's a long list, but the reality is there's a lot more to it. We could go on um, and do a whole conversation just about the types of data. And, um, I, you know, I mean, I think that's um, part of what makes this so challenging is that, mm -hmm. but also very rich, is that we have a lot of interesting data to work with in mobility. Absolutely. And I can certainly see how that culmination of data along with total cost drives a compelling story for the business's bottom line. Yep. So I'd like to talk a little bit about how you then start to bring in talent management and talent effectiveness into that discussion, especially if the normal conversation that's being had is around or is a very cost-driven conversation. Okay, th this is, um, here's what I just really believe to be true. Mm -hmm. And like if I could uh, do a billboard on this, I would. Mobility is the most expensive and most emotional employee service that a company provides to their employees. So both the most expensive and the most emotional service because it's so personal. So um, because of that, we need to look at mobility differently maybe than some other services that are provided. Oh, so most expensive and most emotional. Uh, would you would you settle for a t-shirt instead of a billboard? Well, <laughs> yes, I think that would be a great t-shirt. <laughs> we just want to get the word out there because a lot of times we don't take a moment to step back and realize how, how much we're investing, um, both at a company level and the employee level, in mm -hmm. making mobility happen. It's an investment in the employee's development, an investment in the success of the business because you know, obviously the employee is presumably moving to enable the business success, even mm -hmm. with personal moves. So mobility is so much more than transactions and making sure we have compliance. Yes, those things are important, no doubt. They're table stakes, though. And one thing I want to point out, you know, many, as you said, many mobility programs are just continuously under cost pressure. And if any of you listening are thinking, gosh, that sounds like what's going on at my company, I would say, you know, it's, it's a red flag when you're under constant regular cost pressure. Um, and, it, and, and I interpret that to mean the value of mobility is not clear when the focus is only on cost. I mean, definitely many companies and departments, you know, are always looking how to drive costs down. I totally get that, you know, but to successfully demonstrate the return on investment of mobility, we have to shift the conversation from cost to talent and to value. The only way that we can move up the value chain from cost and transactions to talent and value is to connect the business, uh, to connect to the business, to connect to their transformation goals, and connect mobility uh, to its impact on the company. Okay, Catherine, so cost, talent, and value. I really, really liked how you expressed that there. So last thing for us today, taking into account these key insights, how do we bring this information together to drive specific objectives within a program and ultimately show progress? What is really the end goal here? 
Okay, so before we get exactly to the end goal, let me just say, I cannot say enough the importance of getting your data in order. I think I think that's super clear and uber important. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and lots of companies are working on that in many um, different areas all across um, people services, HR services. Um, identifying your mobility strategy, you know, picking two or three areas you wanna drive and show progress against, um, really demonstrate the mobility ROI and the story um, in a compelling way. I also want to just emphasize, you know, locking arms with your stakeholders and whether that's the business, HR, business partners, finances, and however you do that within your stakeholder community and, and understanding very clearly what they need from mobility and how can mobility help solve their issues and move their agenda forward. I mean, what we're really working toward is um, being able to analyze data and include quantifiable talent metrics on a global scale. Um, and really that involves looking at your total all-up mobile population, your all-up spend, and correlating um, that information to various talent metrics. So let me walk you through an example to um, try to make this very simple. Okay. So if you take your long-term assignee population, um, just as an example, and perhaps you slice it at one job level, like Mm -hmm. let's say vice president, and you want to answer this question, and this is is the ROI of, of mobility. Does being on an assignment help, hinder, or have no impact on their career? That is certainly a hard-hitting question. That is it. That's what everybody wants to know. The business wants to know. The the assignee certainly wants to know. And what you do is you compare that assignee VP to the rest of the VP of population who's Mm -hmm. not on assignment on a number of uh, against a number of lenses like attrition, performance ratings if you still do them, promotional velocity salary increase information, equity increase in, or equity you know, um, amounts and how much and frequency. And if your long-term assignee po- VP population is outperforming the rest of their non-assignee peer population, you can begin to understand if you're selecting the right talent, if you're providing proper career opportunities, um, nurturing your investment appropriately or not. And this exercise, I wanna just stress, really can work for any move type whether you know domestic or perm transfer. So Catherine, I have to apologize to you. I said that the last one was the last question, but, but I lied. I actually have one more that was sparked by your answer. So for those who are currently going through this journey, <laughs> what is one piece of advice that you would give them? Okay, that's a hard one. I mean, I'd say if you're going through this journey or you're about to, just jump right on in. It's exactly, I think, what uh, mobility stakeholders are looking for us to do and um, what we've really been talking about is running mobility like a business so in order to do that I would say two pieces of advice not one but the first is uh, you're going to want to get someone whether it's internal or a vendor partner who's really good at garnering the kinds of you know business insights and manipulating the data the way that we've been discussing and um, so that's the first piece is get a resource to help um, manage the data and and manipulate the data and, and pull out insights. The second I would say is, you know, ultimately to look at what is your plan to digitize mobility. So what I mean by that is um, having access to data, residing somewhere in an integrated fashion, um, and being easily accessible. And you know, just lastly I would say I, I promise this work is awesome and fun and can have a, a truly positive impact on the mobility brand internally um, and on the personal brand of those who can make this happen. 
So Catherine, I promise that's the end of our questions for today. <laughs> and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. I, I really appreciate you spending the time with us to talk about the importance of mobility's return on investment, but also how that view is constantly changing. I know that this is going to give our listeners some pragmatic ways to demystify the ROI of mobility and ideas on how to apply it to their programs. Join us for future podcasts where we'll spend more time discussing top of mind issues, digitization, changing business models, and the overall impact of global mobility. In the meantime, we'd love to hear from you. If you have thoughts on today's episode or ideas for future episodes, feel free to send us an email at us-taxwatch at kpmg.com. And remember, you can always find more information about KPMG's global mobility services practice online at www.kpmg.com. Thanks again for listening.